night, amen. Um, how good is it that we can still meet and um, and, and, and edify one another? Uh, we are one body, so praise be to God, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Just want to uh, touch on today's message about proclamation and confession of God's word. So I want to touch on a bit of this and just share. Uh, last week I shared about meditating and assimilating the word, and, um, and I hope we didn't lose traction with all the, the, the dramas we had last week. And before that, I'll be sharing about praying in the spirit and what it means to edify yourself by praying in the spirit and reading God's word and allowing the word to interpret the word. Scripture interprets scripture. Um, and we, and I, 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 learned, I shared a little bit about not taking a scripture out of its setting and, and reading the word of God through and through. You know, the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, I'll share a little bit about the widow's might, and you can read it in three different uh, stories or three different um, settings, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and get a, a true picture of what the Holy Spirit's saying. And uh, and tonight, we go another step further in proclaiming and confession of the God's word. Now, when we proclaim God's word, proclaim means to preach or to herald. You know, remember in the old days where when you make a proclamation, you know, Ever watch those old movies where they go, hearie, hearie, and they ring a bell and everyone runs and they decree something from the king. And he's had authority from the king and he proclaims the word from the king or a message from uh, uh, from someone in authority. And Jesus in, in Matthew 16 said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And the word preach means to proclaim. We here to tell the world about the good news of Jesus, amen. Our job is, you know, in Mark, Matthew, uh, Mark, sorry, Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach or proclaim the gospel to every creation, creature. He who believes is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Our job is to preach it or proclaim it. To proclaim something is to, 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 to uh, announce it, to tell someone, to, to announce it to the world, to announce it to uh, an organization to announce it to a people. Our job is not to convert anyone. Our job is to proclaim the truth and the Holy Spirit brings the conversion. Amen? Our job isn't to make someone believe. Our job is to share the truth. My, uh, he also said, you know, you look through the whole scripture and anything to do with preaching means to proclaim. Proclaim the good news. See, the gospel means good news. It actually means in the Greek, great news. So if our job is to go around and proclaim or preach the great news, well, what is that great news that we're meant to proclaim, guys? That you've got a demon or that you're a dirty, rotten sinner? No, no. The good news is that we no longer have to stay in our sinful ways. But Christ came and took our sin. He who knew no sin became sin that we can become the righteousness of God. God never gave us a spirit of fear. So you don't have to walk in fear. God never gave you that fear. That's not of God. God never gave you sickness. God never gave you poverty. You know, and we look at these things, we're proclaiming the good news or the great news. Now, when I come, when someone comes into town, in the old days, they would run, tell us some news. And they would, they would tell them that was the newspaper of the day in the old days. Well, we've got great news for the world. And the great news is they are all searching for a saviour. They're all searching for a meaning of life. They're all searching to, for enlightenment. They're all searching to get out of their misery from darkness to light. And we have the answer. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen? So to understand what proclamation means and then to confess the word. Now, I want to share a couple of little... little um, uh, Differences. Now, we've got this, and most of you guys have got these proclamation cards or have seen them. Okay. A proclamation isn't a prayer. It's a declaration. We are declaring something outwardly. When I pray, that's communication. That's me praying with the Father. I'm having one-on-one -on -one relationship. I'm communicating with the Father. I'm sharing my heart with the Father. True prayer, true prayer is to sit with the Father one-on-one. -on -one. People have turned the Lord's Prayer into just another religious prayer. The Lord's Prayer is powerful and mighty. But if it doesn't come out of faith and intimacy, it's just another prayer. 
And I want to share with you that we're not talking about prayer tonight. You know, we're talking about proclamation. When I proclaim something, so people say to me often, I've got a, an evangelist heart. So I love to sit in front of them and just share the good news of Jesus. I just share the good news. And then my heart turns into shepherding them. In other words, pastoring them and walking alongside them. But sometimes we want to teach someone something and we haven't even declared the good news. That's why when an evangelist comes into town, uh, someone like uh, an evangelist would be someone like Reinhard Monkey or someone more famous uh, like Billy Graham. People say to me all the time, oh, man, I heard Billy Graham preach and mate, his message is so simple. And we get it all wrong, but no, 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 but you've got to understand he's an evangelist. He comes and talks about the ABC. Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose again. And he's anointed to preach the simplicity of the gospel because he's proclaiming the good news. Amen. And many people get saved. Now, you're going to understand something. The Bible says in uh, John chapter 6, verse 62. And this is what he says. But when, what if, if you, if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he is, was before? Is it the Spirit who gives life? The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And he's saying here that words can kill. In 2 Corinthians, it talks about the letter of the word. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. You can hear a sermon. You can read a nice uh, message. It's all scriptural. It's great. But if the Holy Spirit is not attached to it, it's just words. See, the word of God is powerful and like a double-edged sword. But we need the word and the spirit. They bring life. Amen. We can sit under a teaching and it's all word-based. And that's awesome. We need the word. But if there's no anointing, we say it's an anointing. But if the spirit or life is not behind that word or faith is not behind that word, all you've heard is a sermon. It doesn't change your life. And we want to be a people that preach the word and proclaim it out of faith and let the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it says in, in Mark in uh, Mark, uh, Mark 16, 19. And he goes, he says that they preached the word everywhere and the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. So the Bible says signs and wonders will follow the preaching of the gospel. Signs and wonders don't follow a man or a woman. Signs and wonders don't follow a gifting on a person's life. They follow the preaching of the gospel. Amen. I've uh, been asked many times in my life and, and especially in my 19 years of, especially when it comes to deliverance. And, um, you know, I argued for many years that I wasn't in the deliverance ministry, but it's sort of seen in my early days and for the first or oh, most of my, 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 my Christian walk, wherever I went, God would set people free from demons and they'd have a deliverance. And then they'd label you that you're in the deliverance ministry. And that's, See, Christians and, and people are very quick to put you in a box. Um, I have a father's heart for the for the body of Christ, and I got a shit. Well, I never I never really saw myself as a pastor in the traditional sense of the word. I saw myself as an evangelist with the gift. But as time went on, I realized I have a father's heart for the fatherless, and and one of the mandates that God gave me um, in my early days when God really spoke to my heart was. Um, you know, you win the fathers, you win the family. And you win the family, you win the nation. And that's been held true to my heart. You know, when I love sitting with young men and, and edifying young men. And that was just for Tony Weeby then. That was his motto. He's going to put a T-shirt. He loves that motto. Um, but if you have a under, if you understand, God God puts you in places, see, and, and gives you an anointing to, to speak into people's lives from a certain aspect, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a big believer in if I was an alcoholic, that means my job is to go get all the other alcoholics. That may be true in some cases, but in some cases, someone's flesh is not strong enough to go back to that world and fight that. So, but we are called to, you know, the most simplistic uh, way is the Yong Hee Cho was uh, uh, in South Korea. He had one of the biggest churches in the world there. And they said, mate, he had a million people in his church. And, uh, and and he basically converted the whole of South South Korea to Christianity, basically. And, and God's moved in signs and wonders. And they asked him, what is the secret to your success? And he went, I pray and then I obey. <laughs> That's the simplicity. He prayed, 
God gave him directions and he obeyed. His life wasn't his own anymore. He was bought at a price. And if we're willing, God will move through the hungry. And, you know, staying hungry is, is very, very interesting because we all think we're hungry. But have you ever been hungry and you go, and you go to a smorgasbord of food? Who remembers us wogs, you know, when we have our Christmas and Easter? There's that much food that we can't put enough food on our plate. And by the end, when you finish, you're that full, you just didn't even enjoy nothing because you just ate everything. And, but you were hungry, couldn't you? Know, and we fill ourselves. And sometimes we're like that with the word. We're listening to too many people and we're trying to find everything and we, we, we're consuming everything and we're trying to find out a million things. And, and then we get full, but we don't get no nourishment. And we have to stay hungry for the things of God that will sustain us. And that's where God leads us into those areas. So we understand that proclamation means to declare something and confession is to speak something that is true. Um, remember in the desert when Jesus was approached by the devil. Now, in the natural, people would say that Jesus was fasting for 40 days or 40 nights. He was at his weakest. And the Bible says that the devil came and, and tempted him. And I believe that we, you know and I know now after fasting, we're at our weakest in the flesh, but we're at our strongest in the spirit when we fast. And when he attacked Jesus, what did Jesus do? He didn't submit to his, his request. So you got to remember the devil, all he wants is your worship. All he wants is to be worshipped. His whole mandate in life is to exalt himself above the throne of God and be worshipped. See, if Jesus could have turned those stones into bread, he could have, couldn't he? He's the son of God. All things were created through him, but he didn't. He said, it is written. Man should not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What did he do? He confessed. Now, when we think of confession, we think of going and confessing our sins. That's a part of it. We are sharing what's in our heart about our life. True? That's confession. But the other side of confession, that's the negative side of confession. In a sense, it's the positive side because we're confessing our sins and he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. But the confession I'm talking about is what Jesus just did. He, he just shared the word of God. It is written, devil. He's confessing the truth about God's word. Amen? Then he got tempted to jump off the temple mount. We know that. He got tempted to worship him and he'll give him all the kingdoms. He goes, it is written, devil. What is he doing? He's confessing the truth about God's word. And our job as believers, as part of our Christian walk, we need to understand. Give you a story about what I'm trying to say here. I can send you a scripture. We overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Yep, everyone pretty much knows that scripture. But if you don't understand what he did at the cross, you won't know what that means. We overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb. I remember hearing the message when I was going through a lot and, and I started praying in the spirit to thank God for Dave Robinson's book, The Walk of the Spirit, The Walk of Power, and Gary Carpenter. And by the way, we're going to have them on very shortly um, uh, uh, on, on uh, Monday night. But one of the things he says, he goes, uh, there's a scripture where it says, while, uh, while, while he was rich, Jesus, he took on, he became poor and took on poverty that we might become rich. And I used to confess that scripture. Now, if I confess that scripture every day, every day, and I used to quote that every day to myself, nothing changed in my financial situation. Yeah, while Jesus was rich, he became poor, took on poverty that we could become rich. Now, if I send you that scripture when you're going through a, a time of need, lack financially, and I don't know the meaning behind it, all I'm doing is confessing a scripture. I'm proclaiming a scripture. It doesn't change my life. But when I understood that in meditation and assimilation, praying in the spirit, reading my word, I understood now when I confessed that scripture, now I understand what I'm saying. What am I saying? I'm saying that I'm in lack. But Lord, I know on the cross, you took the curse of poverty and the curse of lack. And now I understand now that what that scripture means, that while you were rich, not talking about money, 
while you were in the richness of the glory of God the Father with no lack, you humbled yourself to come on this earth and to lay down your life and become poor. Now, poor doesn't mean poverty, does it? You can be poor but not be in poverty. I know a lot of poor people that got an abundance, all right, in the sense of they don't lack any good thing. But when you look at poverty and you look at poverty is a curse, the Bible says. Poverty in the Bible talks about barrenness, nakedness, famine. And when Jesus went to the cross, he was stripped, put on a cross naked. He was hungry and thirsty. He took on the curse of poverty. He didn't take on, he became poor and took on poverty. In other words, at the cross of Calvary, he broke the curse of poverty that we could become blessed. What did he mean by that? That now you can be tapped into the Father and lack no good thing. And this is talking about finances. This is talking about food. This is talking about provision. Why? Poverty affects the curse. If you go through the Old Testament, poverty is a curse. It's not a blessing. So when I understood that, I said, Father, I used to quote that scripture. While you were rich and you took on, became poor and took on for, and I used to confess that every day of my life until I started to believe the fact, not that I'm going to have a million dollars and, and, and people are going to, what, what came, what, what, what did happen to me? Faith started to build up on the inside of me, knowing that God is my provider because my provision is not by my works, not by my business, not by my intellect, not by my boss, but it's by grace in the finished work of the cross. That's the revelation I got. Yes, my talent, my business, I have to put things in order. So I often said this, my provision is by grace, but my prosperity is based on my stewardship. Write this down. My Your provision is by grace. Only by the grace of God that we eat bread. But my abundance or my prosperity is based on my stewardship. In other words, if I'm not a good steward of what God's given me, don't expect God to give you everything you think you need. He wants to see us as good stewards. Because then he, he can pour a blessing upon us. Amen? No different than the anointing on your life. If I don't humble myself and die to myself, God can't flow through me. Whether I'm a, I'm a preacher, a businessman, a husband, a wife, a singer, a musician, whatever. We need to lay our gift back on the altar so he can flow through us. And then once I think I've got it worked out, every you know, can I say this? Every time I think I've got it worked out and this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to preach, God says, uh-uh, put it on the altar. And when I do that, I'm not in control. He is. But the confession of God's word allows me to speak to those things that are not as if they were faith. Let me show you something. It's very powerful. A proclamation, or what do we say, is a, a proclamation is a preach or a declaration, and a confession is what you believe. So my confession agrees with the word of God. I, if my heart doesn't agree with the word of God, I'm just saying a word. I'm not, I'm not confessing anything. When I confess, and when I allow God to work through my life, see, you can say to me, well, God's got a plan for my life. God is good. God is my provider. Great. They're just words. If I never spend one minute in the con consuming of God's word, spending time with the Holy Spirit, and get faith built up on the inside of me, what's that scripture going to do for me? You know, I, I, I remember meeting a guy once. This guy knew the he knew. I thought he knew the Bible, but he didn't. He just knew scripture. And it was amazing. If I said to him, he's going through some stuff, and uh, he'd say to me, I'm doing this. Mate, don't worry. All things work for the good that God, God loves. And he'd quote me the verse in the scripture and quote it back to me. Then he'd say, you know, I feel, you know, uh, fear. I said, perfect love casts out all fear. He'd quote the scripture and send it back to me. And every time I spoke to him, God never gave you fear, bro, you know. And I'd go through it. And he'd quote the scripture back to him. And I said to him, bro, can I, can I, be, can I be real with you? I've been speaking to you for an hour. And man, your knowledge of scripture is amazing. But when is that scripture going to go from your head to your heart? When is that scripture going from words to revelation? When he allowed that word to, to, to fall in your heart? And you can quote all the scriptures you want. You don't believe a word of it. And God just 
touch this man. And you know what? I can quote all the scripture I want. So I'm not into name it and fame it and babble it and grab it. I'm not into, you know, as I said, quoting a scripture and memorizing a scripture is great. But just because I remember a scripture doesn't change my life. I've got to walk in faith. And when the word and faith come together, then the spirit of God comes upon it. The Bible says in, uh, if we can go there if you want, in the, uh, We don't have to go there. Or we can go there. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter three. Now, I'm going to share something with you. The sons of Sceva, if you don't know who the sons of Sceva were, there were a bunch of guys at the time of Paul, when Paul's ministry started, and they saw this guy with a demon. And they went and said, in the name of Jesus, the one that Paul preaches, come out. And they got bashed up by this bloke with the demon-possessed guy and got stripped naked and they ran down the street. They were quoting the name of Jesus and they were saying, the one that Paul preaches. And they had no authority because they didn't understand the, the, the faith behind the name. And here are Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. And we'll, we'll go to verse 3. And when we have such a, when we have such trust through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. In other words, all we have that we do is nothing to do with us, but because God's qualified us or He, our sufficiency comes from God. And verse 6, he says, who also made us sufficient or qualified as ministers of the new covenant, that the letter, but the letter, but the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So when you speak a word and, and, and the word of God comes out of you, when the Holy Ghost gives you a word or puts something on your heart and you speak it, guess what? God backs it up by his spirit. See, when God says, let there be light or let light be, what happened? He breathed that word out. So God spoke. When, when, when we all speak right now, guess what? Our breath comes out with our words. But the word breath in the, in the, in the Hebrew means ruh, which means it's a part of God's spirit. So when God says, let light be, the word was spoken and the Holy Spirit manifested it. The word being Jesus, God being the sovereign authority, spoke the word and the Holy Spirit brought it into existence. So when we confess the word over our life, we're not just confessing scripture. What we under, need to understand is whatever we confess, we have to believe. So as we read, as I said last week, we read the word, we can get your scriptures, you know, we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And then we can talk about other scriptures that, you know. But we've got to understand that a scripture doesn't scare the devil. Unless there's faith behind it, it doesn't scare the devil. There's that much scripture going around on the internet and on text messages. If scripture scared the devil, the devil should be buried in the box by now. But that doesn't, 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 um, you know, I love when people say to me, um, the devil's scared of the anointing. No, he's not. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, the devil's not scared of the anointing. Because if he did, he wouldn't be creeping into your house every day. He wouldn't be creeping into church services every day. Every move of God was destroyed by the, the devil coming in. He's scared of what people's authority in Christ. If we understand who we are in Christ, he's scared of that. See, he comes to steal the word off you. Now, in Psalm 138, too, look at this. Psalm 138, too, he says, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above your name. Isn't that amazing? He magnified his word above his name because he is the word. See, a name, all right, just a name, there's plenty of people walk around with the name of Jesus and they have no authority. But they don't understand his word. His word is powerful and like a double-edged sword. You know, he says, speak to that mountain. He says, speak to it. Why did you say speak to the mountain? And to be removed and cast it in the sea if you don't doubt but believe. See, what comes out of my mouth is very important. Again, it's not about quoting scripture. Or, but when I proclaim the word of God, I need to have the word of God in me. And faith arises inside me. If 
I was to ask everybody on Zoom right now or those watching online, how are you saved? And you would have to come up with the what do you believe how you're saved? And it's amazing how many times I ask that question in a, in a room, whether it's my uh, home or somewhere. And I ask that question to believers and they come up with every nice answer, but it's always wrong. It astounds me as how much we little we know how our salvation came about. So if I was to ask you, I, and I'm not going to ask you now, but I'm going to say, I said, I've got three boys. And when I got saved, I probably say this to them five or six times a year out of the blue. And I say to them, boys, if I'm never here and I'm gone and I'm off this earth and you come a time and it's about your salvation, your question, or you'll make it, you must understand no matter what you've done or where you go, you are saved by the blood of Jesus. Your only way you're going to make this through the blood. There's no other way. So inside me, my confession has to be, I'm saved through what Jesus did at the cross. Are you with me? Can't get to heaven doing your good works. Can't get to heaven praying and, and walking and doing all this. Because you got to understand now, the apostasy of the church will be taking away the power of the cross. As you start coming in these end days, you're going to have to keep your eyes open and watch out for deception. Ravis has been sharing about the, the spiritual deception. There's a lot coming, guys. And a lot of it sounds Christian. A lot of it sounds spiritual. A lot of it sounds supernatural, but it's not of God. We have to understand what do we really believe? In whom have you believed? Who is your teacher? So when we confess the word, what are we declaring? We're declaring the truth about God's word. I often say to people, we always look for a scripture for our circumstance, and that is good. Can I go another step further? Sometimes you're looking for something that you do not need. The Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance what you need. But if I don't get the word in me, if I don't read the word, if I don't consume on the word, if I don't meditate on the word, if I don't declare the word, if I don't confess the word, what am I doing? I don't have word in me for the Holy Spirit to show me. And when I give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to teach me, guess what happens? See, this is the most dangerous part that I've seen in my Christian walk. I call it the magic wand. Some people are hungry for a move of God. Trust me, I'm the most hungry for it. I've seen it. I've been a part of it. I can't wait for revival to come. Revival is coming. I was sharing with Rabs the other day. In the same manner that God's going to use, and I believe God's going to use the breakout of revival in these last days through the islands of New Zealand and the islands through Australia to the world. It's been prophesied for mighty men of God. But at the same time, the enemy is going to be working in those same regions again. So we need the word and we need the spirit. We need we can't just go chasing after the spiritual only and manifestations and the gifts of the spirit and signs and wonders and not have a solid foundation on the word. We can't just sit on the word and it's all about the word and not allow the Holy Spirit to attach to that word. And if you look, I've been around long enough to see people divide that because this guy got it wrong or this guy was operating in signs and wonders but fell to, to uh, immorality. So they got rid of the whole supernatural and it's only about the word. But then the letter of the law kills. We need to have a balance in the, in the body, amen? But that's up to you and me to understand what the Holy Spirit's trying to teach us. See, don't chase after signs and wonders, the magic wand. Chase after God's heart. Because trust me, the Bible says the signs and wonders follow proclaiming of the good news. It's not about the signs and wonders. Because the Bible says signs and wonders and miracles are, are pointing to Jesus. You're just pointing to Jesus. And we need to understand the fullness of the gospel. And when we understand the fullness of the gospel, so when I declare and proclaim something over my family, I'm not just declaring a scripture. The scripture in itself doesn't save you. But when faith is attached to it, guess what? It'll save you. Remember once uh, getting a word and it was, uh, how can I explain this? I was, I was praying one day. And I was asking God for all the things I needed. It was a, it was a, it was a hard time. It was a rough time for me. 
So I thought what I needed was a new job, the money to come through, uh, you know, all these things that we build up in our head. Um, I had a business that was collapsing. People owed money. Uh, all these things were going on. So I was praying for provision there. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day. It says, I'm proud of you. I'm thinking, I'm proud of me. I'm ready to lose everything. But you know what I needed in that time? I didn't need a checkbook for someone to write a check. I didn't need. I needed to know that God loved me. I needed to know that I was still in the Father's will. I needed to know that. So what I thought I needed was an answer to a problem. And he didn't give me an answer to a problem. Well, in a, in a sense, he did. My problem was I didn't trust him. And I thought I'd let him down. And when God spoke to my heart, it changed everything. It really changed everything. And when I understood, you know, it's amazing when I think Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah, and if you read the, the scripture again, uh, talk about assimilation of the word. There's a, there's a, it's recorded that Jesus saw Moses and Elijah on, on the Mount of Transfiguration. And then another, I can't remember which one it is, it's a Matthew or Mark, and one says that they appeared and spoke to Jesus, and another translation says, he appeared and spoke to Jesus about his decease in Jerusalem. And it's amazing. Jesus on a mountain, transfigured, and they're saying, you've got to get to the cross. Jesus comes down, there's only one left. Heavens open up. This is my beloved son. In him I am well pleased. He says, listen to him. Isn't it amazing? I don't know what Jesus was thinking at the time. He knows what was coming. We know in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the pressure of what he's about to go through got the better of him in the flesh. You know, he bled. He was, they say that someone under intense pressure, he blew, he blew blood vessels in his face. That's how much stress he was under and pressure he was under. Yeah, he comes off the mountain. And I understand that time where God says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He, Jesus, is just speaking to Moses and Elijah. He knows he's going to go to a horrific death. And the father doesn't say, I've got your son. I'll protect you. He says, he's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It's a fascinating story to understand. The father doesn't always give you what you want. He always gives you what you need. I have to be in a place to confess that. I have to be in a place to say, Father, I'm the head and not the tail. Now, I don't have a spirit of fear. Lord, I know I'm not of this world. I don't eat of this world. I eat of you. And I start to confess the truth of God's word. See, I couldn't tell you where chapter and verses, but I can tell you a lot about my Father in heaven. It has to be a part of you, God. And then when I proclaim it, I can confess it. Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written. See, some people say to me, the, the Bible, oh, when the devil comes, I'll have my Bible and I'll just tell him to go away. <laughs> this printed book doesn't save, you, doesn't save you. Me quoting a scripture doesn't save you. It actually does my head in when someone says, it sends a nice prayer on an email and it says, send it to seven people, otherwise you get hit by a bus and die. Yeah. They're just telling you how good God is, how much of a blessing God is, but please send it to seven people. Otherwise, you have no faith. What? So sending an email with a press of a button is faith. See how the devil just corrupts the word of God? You know, what comes out of you is only, what, what, what's, what's going to come out of you is what you put inside you. Out of the abundance of the heart, mouth speaks. Says so this mountain being moved and cast into the sea. Yeah, you got to Mark 11. 23, Mark 11, 23. I want to share this with you. It says here in Mark 11, 23, Surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that these things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. The Bible says when we pray and we don't receive, we pray amiss. And I often think as a young Christian, wow, he said I can have whatever I want. I want a brand new Mercedes. I pray amiss. 
But as you mature in the things of God, we understand the word of God. I start to understand my calling of my life. I understand what God's doing in my life. Guess what? I start to pray according to his will. The Holy Spirit will bring you to his will. You don't just pray for the sake of praying to get what you want. I pray for his will be done in my life. And when I speak to that mountain, that mountain could do, that mountain could be a lot of things in your life. A mountain of debt, a mountain of sickness, a mountain of hurt, a mountain of trauma, a mountain of deception, a mountain of uh, injustice. Whatever that mountain is, speak to it. And I'm going to say, this is, I've seen Jesus, uh, you read that Jesus casts, uh, he curses the fig tree and it dies, it withers. It's a literal tree and it withers. But I've never seen Jesus take a mountain and throw it into the sea. So he's talking about a figure of speech. He's talking about a mountain. The biggest mountain that they all dealt with was salvation. So you've got to remember, from the time of Adam to the time of Malachi, God sent prophets and he sent uh, uh, Moses with the law and, and priests. and He had all that. But the mountain of sin could never be washed away. The conscience of man's sin could never be until Jesus came. See, for every man up in time until Jesus, there was a, a, a form of grace, sacrifice animals. Every time they believed, Abraham believed. But that didn't change who they were. But the mountain of spiritual death was always hanging over their head until Jesus Christ came. And when Jesus Christ came, he moved that mountain of the sinful nature. He moved that mountain of spiritual eternal death and he put us into his kingdom. And he spoke to that mountain. We got to speak to that mountain. See, if we don't speak, speaking just means to proclaim what's coming out of your mouth right now. If you were to be honest, what's coming out of your mouth? Is it faith? Is it the truth about God's word? Are you, are you Is your confession lined up with the confession of Christ? Is your heart lined up with the heart of Christ? Is your spirit agreeing with the spirit of grace? You see, we can go around the mountain a hundred times, and we do. We go round the mountain, round the mountain, round the mountain, round the mountain to achieve. And the Bible says they didn't enter the promised land because of their unbelief. We can go around the mountain as Christians because of our unbelief. See, me confessing the scripture 50 times doesn't bring faith. Me believing in the scripture. I have faith and I need faith to achieve what God wants me to achieve. You see, if I didn't, if I could believe something and I didn't need to use faith, then what's the point of faith? You see, if I understand that by his stripes, I'm healed. Why should I, and I often ask this question to people that don't really, that, let's say that they'll pray for someone who's sick and I'll ask them this question. Why should God heal you? Why should God heal that sick kid? Why should, doesn't matter what religion you are, you heal people. And they say, well, it's, it's a good thing. God is good and we pray for God to heal someone. Go, but why should he? I mean, that's just like saying, well, if God is good, he should heal someone. But why should he heal? There's got to be a fundamental faith about why you pray. You know what I mean? I put, I put petrol in my car because I know that it's going to make my car run. I don't just go, well, I don't know, everyone else is doing it, I'll do it. No, I know. But if I put the wrong fuel in my car, the car's not going to run. But I have a foundation of some information or some truth about that petrol. I can't put diesel in an unleaded car. So I asked my one, uh, brother once, I said, oh, we're going to pray. Well, why should God heal you? Why? Well, everyone, everyone wants to pray for healing. Why should I believe that God's going to heal you? He said, I don't know. So I'll tell you why I believe God's going to heal. Because on the cross 2,000 years ago, Jesus took my sickness, my disease, my pain, my suffering, and he placed it on the cross. So as I believe right now, 2,000 years ago, Jesus healed me. He purchased my healing at the cross. So I have a confidence and an assurance that Christ is going to fulfill what he said he's going to do. I'm not asking God to heal you. I'm thanking God that he's already healed me. He looked at me funny this way. I said, until you understand the word of God, you're just praying with blind faith, hoping. But your hope's not based on anything. 
But my hope is based on the fact that Christ went to the cross. So when I encourage you guys that what comes out of your heart, see, it's the love of God that leads us to repentance. When we declare the good news, what's the good news? I keep going back. What is the good news? That Jesus came, took my shame, my sin, my guilt, and put it on a cross. And when he rose again, he didn't just, just take the punishment of it. He gave me a new nature on the inside of me. I can now walk in the footsteps of my older brother, Jesus. People say to me, your religion is funny. I go, no, I don't have a religion. I have a relationship. I have a family. See, God gave us an inheritance. Most religions are trying to get to God. Most religions, they have an inheritance. They're trying to achieve Nevada. They're trying to achieve enlightenment or they're trying to get to heaven. But, you know, we're the only ones that our God came to us and gave us an inheritance. And our inheritance is everything that Jesus belongs to Jesus. So if my healing comes out of the notion that Jesus healed me. I've seen so many, I can tell you so many miracles. I can tell you, uh, you know, God is faithful. But God wants us to line up with his word. And his word is true. His word is higher than his name. I need to understand that the word of God inside me and the Holy Spirit inside of me is forming the word of God inside me. So I can stand. When the storms of life come, I can stand. See, the storms of life are coming, guys. No one promised you an easy road. If anything, if I look through the scripture, none of them had an easy road. And if I understand who I am in Christ, if I understand the word, see, our proclamation, and we're going to read a couple of proclamations before we, we close off, but I want to really encourage you tonight that I don't know what you're going through, but the Holy Spirit knows what you're going through. I don't always know what you need, but the Holy Spirit knows what you need. I don't know what to tell you sometimes, but the Holy Spirit will tell you the truth. And it's up to us. See, it doesn't cost you anything to feed on the Word of God. It doesn't cost you anything to, to consume the Word of God. And we've been teaching over the last three months how to get into His presence, what to watch out for, how to deny yourself, have all these things. Truly, can I say to you, are we doing it? Are we giving that time to the Lord? Are we allowing God? And God wants to talk to us or reveal things to us more than we're willing to sit with him. And that's the truth. God's ready to move upon us if we're willing to submit to him. See, I don't come to God with an agenda. I used to come to God with an agenda. This is what I want God to do for me, and this is the scripture that's going to make it happen. Till I realized very quickly, <laughs> I'm not in control. He is. So now, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? So I'm led. Uh, we're led at the moment, and, if, and I'm going to put it out to you guys. It's not a something you have to do. Because of the fear out there at the moment and, the, and what's happening around the world, especially in, in Sydney, uh, a few of the brothers, and I'm going to put it out to you guys, at 7 o'clock in the morning and at 7 o'clock at night, we pray. And what I mean by that, we're not getting on Zoom, we're not getting on Facebook, it's not about anyone, it's not about one person praying and you agreeing. At 7 o'clock in the morning, we're just declaring God's truth over our lives and over our city and over our family. And at 7 o'clock at night, we're doing the same thing, whether you want to read a proclamation, whether you want to uh, pray in the spirit, whatever. But we're all going to declare at 7 in the morning and 7 at night, even for five or seven minutes. If we all humble ourselves and pray, God will heal our land, heal our hearts. This is something we, we was put on our heart. So instead of waking up in the morning and looking at the next report, uh, what's happening with COVID, what's happening with our jobs, let's pray. Let's pray. Everything happens in the spirit first. And what did he say? The word and the spirit bring life. No point having a word with no faith in the spirit of God behind it. No word chasing after the spirit and have no word. God, the Holy Spirit will never go outside God's word. I, I want to repeat that. The Holy Spirit will never walk work outside his word. You might, you, might, you might have had an encounter with God. 
You might have had angels fall out of the sky. I don't know. But it's, that's not going to sustain you. What's truly going to sustain you is his word. The Bible says the word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. He lights my feet up and he lights my path. Very simple, guys. When I understand his word, I can go through a thousand scriptures. I've got them all here. But what's coming out of our mouth? Is it faith? Is it hope? Is it love? Or is it fear? Or is it hopelessness? I'm not here going to lie to you and tell you that every time you speak the truth, it's all going to change in a matter of seconds. It doesn't. But it's a journey. The Bible says the walk of faith. It's a walk of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. When Jesus said, follow me, follow me, follow me, there was a journey. We're all on this journey together. When I declare the word of God over my life, what am I doing? I'm agreeing with what God's already said. See, a lot of people don't agree with what God said. They agree with what the enemy said or says. They agree with what the world says. I agree with what God says. If God is my provider, he provides in all things. I have to be a good steward of what God gives me now. Can't be immature. I have to be mature. And we grow in maturity. You know, uh, I, I often say God loves, loves us just the way we are. And the beauty about God, he loves us just the way we are, yeah? But he, he, he loves us too much to keep us the way we are. I thank God that I'm not the same Tony I was five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago. Imagine being the same place that when you got touched by the Lord. That's where you stayed. That's a sad, sad day. But the maturity comes from denying yourself, taking up your cross, and you're following him. That's the maturity. And watch what God does. You know, I remember once talking to someone, telling me, I'm anointed, I'm appointed, I'm this, I'm that. I go, you are. You're gifted above. He goes, but there's no character to sustain it. But once we understand that God's trying to build character on the inside of us, that will sustain your gifting. That will sustain your anointing. You know, where do we think that God's going to give us everything we want? What, to kill us? We have to mature in the things of God. Our proclamation is the good news. What is the good news? That Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose again. Our confession is what God says about us. Are we going to agree with what God says about us? A question to you is, how do you see yourself? Do you see? Are you lacking love? Spend time with the Lord. He'll give you love. Are you an outcast? Have you not belonged before? Have you got traumas in your life? Sit with the Lord. Let the word of God break the strongholds. I would love, love never to lay hands on anyone ever again. And let the word of God do the work. We're coming to a time where we won't be laying hands. It's the manifestation presence of God. Because God gets the glory, not man. Amen? God has to get the glory. And the quicker we understand. And, you know, can I, can I, Faith comes with trust. And my question tonight is, do you trust him? I have to trust him. If I don't trust him, then I'll have to sit with him and say, Lord, how do I trust you? How do I, what am I doing that's not allowing me to trust you? What blockages are in my life that doesn't allow me to trust you? Why have I lost this hunger? Am I consumed with what the world's doing? Am I just worrying about the next my bread of tomorrow's bread. What is it? That's you know what? Be honest with God. God is not gonna the greatest prayer we can pray is Lord, I don't know what to do, help me. Not hide behind scripture and say this, that, no, no, no. If I can't do nothing out of faith, I won't do it at all. I need to be in faith. I need to understand what God's got me. What 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 path God's got me on. I pray that you understand that we're in a new covenant. And our new covenant is that we've been qualified by Christ. So when we speak the word of God, we have he backs our word. 
We won't back our word if we don't have faith. Faith is what Christ needs from us. It's impossible to please God without faith. So I want to share something with you, something that I, I do. So I want to make this a bit practical. Now, proclamations are good. I've got all these proclamations, but there's a couple that really sit in my heart, which I is probably my everyday prayer life. Now, proclamations really aren't prayers. They're more, uh, like I said, a declaration of what's going on. So I want to share something. This one is the writing so small. So you there, I want you to understand. Now, I'm going to say this very slowly, but I want you to repeat after me. This is a, this is a proclamation about protection. God's protection over our life. So no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against me in judgment we do condemn. This is the heritage as a servant of the Lord, and my righteousness is from you, O Lord. If there's those who have been speaking or praying against me, or seeking to harm me, or who have rejected me, I forgive them. Having forgiven them, I bless them in the name of the Lord. What we're doing here, we're proclaiming the truth about God's word. Now I declare, O Lord, that you and you alone are my God, and besides you there is no other. As as a just God and a Savior, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I worship you. I submit myself afresh to you in unreserved obedience. Having submitted to you, O Lord, I do as your word directs. I resist the devil, all his pressures, his attacks, his deceptions, every instrument or agent he would seek to use against me. I do not submit. I resist him, drive him from me and exclude him from me in the name of Jesus. Specifically, Lord, I resist and repel infirmities, pain, infections, inflammations, malignants, allergies, viruses, every form of witchcraft and every type of stress. And finally, Lord, I thank you that through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, I have passed from under the curse and into the blessings of Abraham, who you have blessed in all things, exhortation, health, reproductiveness, prosperity, victory, God's favour and God's friendship. Amen. That's not a prayer. That's a proclamation. And you have to start finding out from the word of God what God puts on your heart to pray over your family, over your life. Amen? A proclamation is declaring in the spirit realm, okay, we're speaking to that mouth. The other one is one more I want to read. And just give me an idea. Well, I'll discuss this. Proclamation to overcome the devil. I testify to Satan personally. As to what the word says, the blood does for me. Through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed out of the hand of the devil. Through the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, continues to cleanse me from all sin. Through the blood of Jesus, I am justified, made righteous, just as if I have never sinned. Through the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified, made holy, set apart to God. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Redeemed, cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Satan has no place in me, no power over me through the blood of Jesus. What I'm doing, I'm declaring God's truth about what Jesus did at the cross. Amen? Because when I declare the truth over my life, it's not just a prayer I pray once and go away. This has got to be my life. Proclamations come out of your confession. I believe everything I just read there. If you don't believe it, go and find the Holy Ghost can teach you to believe it. Because you have no power otherwise. Just quoting a scripture does not scare the devil. But when I understand the truth about God's word, and I understand the power of God's word in my life, the devil starts to get worried. See, a lot of the times that we don't understand our authority in Christ, it, I am convinced in whom I have believed in. Amen? We're going to exalt his word above his name. We're going to carry his name. We're Christians. We are followers of Christ. And as a follower in his kingdom, he has all the say in my life. I can't tell the general in the army what to do. So I'm not going to tell Christ what to do. But he also wants a loving relationship with him. So I can speak to him as a brother, speak to him as a son, speak to him as a daughter, 
speak to him as a family and get direction. When I understand who I belong, faith arises inside you. When I understand I have authority, faith arises. When I have understand I have power, faith arises in you. And I want to encourage you, you guys, that these little the, we're not preaching for the sake of preaching, guys. We want to, you know, grab a hold of these words and declare it and have some some uh have some I can't say that, have some strength. Be courageous and and trust God at his word. See, it doesn't even, doesn't just take faith, it takes uh, courage to pray for someone. It takes courage to confess the word over your life. See, a lot of people don't pray because they believe, well, God's not going to answer my prayer. Or, what if he doesn't answer my prayer? What if he doesn't answer what I'm trying to say? But you need to have courage in God's word. We don't have to have some reverence over God's word. He's giving you the Holy Spirit. The Bible says God didn't withhold Jesus. Why is he going to withhold anything else from you? He wants a church, a body to believe. And as we believe in what he has said and what he's doing in your life, see, don't, don't buck the process. You might not be where you're at. You might be going through some stuff and God's dealing with you. Please don't stop the process. Please don't stop praying in the spirit. Please don't stop reading your Bible just because you feel uncomfortable. Please don't stop because you got a word and you got a rebuke. Please don't stop when someone puts you down. Just don't stop while you're on that process of edification. Don't stop. And as you hunger and thirst for righteousness, see, it's a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let me say it's a hunger and thirst for Jesus. I want him in every aspect of my life. But I have him in every aspect of my life. That doesn't mean I'm on... I don't mess up or I don't have my doubts and my fears. But I quickly go back to the word of God. I quickly go back to him and say, Lord, I've stuffed up here and I'm moving. And God says, go back on the track, son. That's the beauty about our Lord. Puts us back on track straight away. A good shepherd leads his sheep back on track. He's the good shepherd. But I don't want to remain a sheep. I want to become a son. You need to become sons and daughters to understand what the father's doing. I want to close with a story uh, about God's word. Um, the, there's, a, there's a saying that the Bible in the wrong hands can destroy someone. And many cults have started on truth and got swayed. Not every cult started because they were out to deceive someone, but they got deceived. See, this word can be dangerous in the wrong hands. What did the Bible say? The letter of the law kills, but the spirit gives life. And we have to understand that we have the word and we have the spirit. When we shut out the Holy Spirit out of our life, or we ignore the prompt of the Holy Spirit, see, sometimes God will confess, get you to confess a truth that you don't believe yet. Like I said to you, I used to confess. While he was rich, he took on poverty, became poor. Now I can become rich. Now the word rich doesn't mean money. But what I'm trying to get at is, once I understood what Jesus did at the cross, that scripture came alive in me. It wasn't about getting gold dust running down from heaven or birds are going to fly and drop gold nuggets in my backyard. It was about knowing that God is my provider. That's something that I went through. And at the same time, God was purging the money. You know when Jesus purged the money changes out of the temple? Well, there's some money changes in our heart. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We need to be purged as well. And once we understand the purging process, it's no longer about fear of, I'm going to miss this from a businessman. I'm going to miss that deal or miss that occasion or miss that sale or I wish I only had money I could have done that. You know what it is? It's about God, at the right place, at the right time, will provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. He's my provider. My healing comes from him. Thank you, Father, that I am healed. Thank you, my Father, that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You reside there. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Start speaking the truth about your life. See, no, never again come and say, well, I think the devil's attacking me. Speak to the devil. Speak to the mountain. Resist him and he will flee. How do you resist him? How do you resist the devil? You resist the fact 
that he's lying to you. And don't accept his lies. I was saying, how do you resist the devil? Easy. Do not give in to his words or his fears. I resist the fact that you're lying to me. I'm not accepting that. He has to flee. It is written, devil, I'm the head and not the tail. You have no grounds over my family. I thank the Father in Jesus' name. The blood sanctifies me. Amen? And it's a power given to us, an authority given to us through the finished work of the cross. Everything I do is back through the finished work of the cross. Everything. I have to go back to that cross because that's where the power came. That's where the authority came. That's where the, 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 the miracle came, through the cross. And the resurrection power in me. Jesus is my hope and my glory. I love you guys. Proclamation. And it's not about what you proclaim as, oh, I need to get, what's, what's, what's the right thing to say? No, no, no. Go on and get the word in you. And God will bring the proclamation out of you. Your righteousness, your holiness comes from him. See, let's be a people like the Marines. When Paul came and preached, they weren't checked out everything Paul said. They were a people of the word. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. We want to be a people of the word. Not here to catch someone out. Not here to say, oh, I didn't like what he said, you know. Man, we're not here to nitpick. We're here to walk in love and power. By the grace of God, God's preparing our hearts. See, we're in a preparation time. We're in preparation time for the harvest to come. But God's not going to send his beautiful children to people that are already broken. We need to be on board of what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. Stop looking at what the enemy's doing. Start looking at what God's doing. If you don't have the word in you, how are you going to know what God's doing? I had to put someone in their place the other day because of revelation. And he's going, oh, this, that, that, that. I'm your brother, brother, brother. Don't take a half truth. Yes, what you're saying is true. But it's only half a prophecy. So I walk you through Revelation 13. And, and the different things that still have to happen, the pieces have to come together. He said, oh, wow. So don't take a half-truth. That's like someone saying God is love and he can never send anyone to hell. And we preach a false gospel after that. Same thing. But it's the fullness of the gospel. So I'm here to encourage you guys. Stay strong. Stay safe. We're here for you. Uh, I want to close in prayer. And then we can open up for a chat. Those of you think online, uh, if it's your first time, you've got to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Jesus is the Lord of your life. And I want to encourage you to understand that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we don't just believe in a in a, in a word or we, we uh, a religious word. See, the Bible is, if you come to the Bible, out of a book of do's and don'ts, you will have no power. But when you come to the Bible to fellowship with the Word of God, fellowship with Jesus through His Word, hear me out. Don't come out of a, a theological way, trying to find out the uh, come to God. You might be wired up like that. And I'm not preventing God doing something in your life. But we fellowship around the Word. It has to be like a tap coming out of you. I don't care if you don't know a chapter and verse. I'm not interested in chapter and verse. I'm interested in what the Word of God is doing on the inside of you. And be encouraged that the Father loves you. If I can say one thing, my fundamental faith is that the Father loves me. No one's going to ever take that. You can take my theology off me, but you'll never take the fact that my Father loves me. So, Father, on that, we bow our heads before you. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Saviour, bow your heart right now before you. Make him the Lord of your life. Repent of your sins. Repent means to change your mind, to change what you're doing and what you believe in and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 2,000 years ago, he had you in his mind. He went to a cross. He got bashed and punished for a, for a, for a, a sin that he never committed. But he took on the sins of man so he could give us the life of Christ. And I thank you for that. Any man, any woman would call out and touch you, Father, in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for everyone listening to the sound of my voice. 
in this time where opinions are ripe and there's a lot going on, but Lord, that we stay focused on you, that the faith that we have is based on what you have done at the cross, that we are guided by the Holy Spirit, empowered, and we wash by the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that our confession is that we are the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And Lord, I thank you for the work you're doing on the inside of us. For you are preparing a vessel for you can, where you can call home. But out of us will come rivers of living water. I give you praise and honour. I thank you for everyone on Zoom, my brothers and sisters, Lord. That you be their provider in every need in their life. For their families, for protection of all their families. For Lord, that you will give them an answer when they need an answer. But Lord, that your 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 river flowing from the throne room of grace will come upon them. And I love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you for where you have brought us from and where you're taking us to. We love you, Jesus. We love your anointing. We love your presence in our life. We never take it for granted, Lord. Come to you. Bow our hearts and our minds to you. That you can be our Lord and our Saviour. Guide us into all truth, Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Father. We declare that all your minds are purified by the mind of Christ. And we give you praise and honour. We thank you, Father, that we stand on steadfast on the word and your word is true. And we give you all the glory, all the honour, all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God.